Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time already are watching this video, this is Dr. Eric Tangumonkem with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. There is great potential in you. You don't have to let anything, including, including racism, to stop you from becoming all God created you to be. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we are going to continue our discussion on the uh, issue of racism, not because I want to stoke the fires of racism. Uh, it's because I'm bringing a simple yet profound solution that can help us live in harmony, help us get along with one another. If this is the first time that you are listening to me, I would strongly encourage you to look at the past episodes uh, that is going to help you understand where I'm coming from and why I'm having this series of discussion. I really don't have any scores I'm trying to settle. I don't hate anybody. I am not trying to uh, make anybody uncomfortable. I'm bringing peace. I'm bringing hope. And that is why the title of my book here is Racism. Where is your sting? Racism is dead. Racism can be dead in your life if you choose to. It's a provocative look at the beginning and the end of racism. Together, we can put an end to racism. Somebody told me the other day, how can you say racism is dead? Racism will never die. On the one hand, they are correct. On the other hand, racism can be dead in your life when you start understanding, as we've seen so far, that we've been created in the image and likeness of God. We are all equal. None is inferior. None is, is, is superior. All our lives have meaning and purpose. And, and that all men are created equal before God. The woman is not superior to the man. The man is not superior to the woman. The woman is not inferior to the man. And the man is not inferior to the woman. We are all equal. There's neither Greek nor Gentile. There's neither Jew. There's no male nor female. We are all one in Christ. That is the understanding that I'm bringing on the table. That is my background. And also because I was born and raised in the United States, I was born and raised in Africa, and I realized that America uh, is focusing on racism as if it's a uniquely American problem. It, it is not. It's a universal problem. And we have been, for the past couple of days, looking at the genesis of, of racism. When God created man and woman in his image and likeness, it was harmony between God and the man and the woman. And something sinister happened. The man and the woman decided to use their five senses that God had given to them to enjoy the creation that he had made for them to disobey God. The serpent came to Eve, spoke to her. She used her ears to hear and used her mouth to speak. Then she saw the fruit, the forbidden fruit, went ahead and took it and tasted of that fruit and ate it. When she did that, what we call the original sin, that separation between man and God, took place. And we're going to see today the dire consequences 
of this corruption of the senses. And our next episode will be looking at how this corruption of senses impacts racism. Please, I want you to hear me. Let's reason together. If you have any questions, any comments, leave them on the comment section. This has been broadcasted via many different channels and it's difficult for me to interact with you live. However, you can keep your comments, send your questions, and I'll get back to you. The other thing you can do to help, if you choose to, there are just three things that you can do for me. Share this content, invite other people to, to uh, join us as well. Like my YouTube channel, subscribe, and if you can get a copy of the book, it's going to be very helpful. You need to read the book to be able to get a complete picture of where I'm coming from. Today we're going to be talking about the consequences of the corruption or the corrupting of uh, the senses, the five senses. When the five senses are neutral, we can use them for good or for bad. However, when Eve and Adam sinned, what happened is that the five senses became corrupted. Are you going to see how that plays out? Before Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, there was harmony between them and God. There was no fear, no shame, but everything changed immediately. They ate that forbidden fruit. Immediately, they sinned. Shame was introduced. Fear was introduced. The most significant change was the spiritual death experienced by Adam and Eve. You know, death is what separation, right? When somebody dies, there's separation. When we, when we say somebody is dead, we can't see them anymore. So there was separation between Adam and Eve and God. And that separation came in with a lot of very drastic consequences. The original sin, which is the name of this separation, brought with it physical pain, death, decay, and the disruption of the harmony between mankind, between God and mankind. So there was not disruption of the harmony between God, disruption between God and us, and disruption of the harmony between us. Now, because of this brokenness, because of this disruption, now, this implies that all humankind has the propensity to discriminate and to be racist, if not checked. We are born with a predisposition to discriminate, to gravitate towards us that look like us, eat like us, dress like us. And that is why we need to be proactive in checking our attitude towards other people. I've already told you one of the reasons why I got into all this is because I went to the library, saw my son interact with another child uh, from China who was here to visit, and the two of them got along very well. There was no fighting. They could not talk, but they communicated, and they were using building blocks to build uh, some structures. I just marveled that these two kids just met and they were getting along. The color didn't have, the color of their skin had nothing to do with what they were doing. 
And in addition to that, as I said, we ran a, a home daycare. And the Caucasian kids that came to the daycare at the age of three, three months old, when they grew older, they called my wife, mom, and called me daddy. We used to joke with their parents that, oh, we are the second parents. Those kids, when they started talking, they didn't look at our skin color to be a problem. Why are we making it a problem? Part of it is because of this brokenness and parents teach their children and pass this brokenness to them as we're going to see in future. You know, many may make us feel that uh, the American experience or the Holocaust in Germany or the transatlantic slave trade or genocide in Rwanda or the murder of millions by the Khmer Rouge and some of the worst, uh, some of the worst things that ever happened. The assessment is correct, but it's not a complete picture. There will be no attempt to measure the degree or outrage of any act of discrimination and racism, because any one person affected by racism is one too many. I don't want anybody at any time to feel that I'm downplaying the negative impact of people who have racist tendencies. I've been juggling around, and we're going to get into to defining what racism is. But we see manifestation of hate, we see manifestation of anger, we see manifestation of, of, of people murdering, of people lynching. We see a lot of uh, strife in between different, different people. It's a universal phenomenon. When I, the, the, the very first presentation, I mentioned my nation, Cameroon, that I was born in, where right now we have people killing each other because the English minority feel that the majority part of the country who speak French are not treating them right, they don't feel that they're full citizens and they want their own country. Wherever you have humans interacting, because of this original sin, this brokenness from the beginning, it's been made manifest and people hate each other and they're not living well. Now, the first two people were Adam and Eve, and not too long after that they had two kids, Cain and Abel. These are two brothers. There wasn't any... Um, differences in terms of how they looked physically, two brothers from the same mother and father. But we're going to see that not too long, not too long, this brokenness will be made manifest in a very, very terrible way. We are told that the two brothers chose different traits. Abel was a, was a kept sheep, Cain was a farmer. Then they brought their first gifts to God and God rejected the gift of Cain. Instead of Cain walking upon, trying to refine his gift and figure out and ask God, oh, what is going on? What can I do to make my gift uh, pleasing to you? He channeled that disappointment. He channeled that dis 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 rejection to anger towards his brother. He channeled it to hate towards his brother. And we're going to see how this just went downhill from there. And Abel also brought an offering, 
fat portion from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain, but not Cain and his offering. He did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Anger. For the first time, anger is mentioned to describe the state Cain was in. Anger was mentioned for the first time. When we look at the interaction of racism or interaction between people, it's anger, not one of those things that is driving a lot of what is happening. He became angry, apparently driven by jealousy, envy, and hate. Can you imagine how these two brothers have all of a sudden become enemies? Because one of them focused intently on what another one was having instead of on what they were having? What brought this sudden change in attitude, change in countenance in Cain? His brother had a good day, God accepted his sacrifice, and out of a sudden, Cain is so jealous and, and, and so bitter that it, it leads to anger, resentment towards his brother. See, Cain was not going to walk on himself. Instead, he was going to eliminate his brother completely so that there would be no competition. He wanted to eliminate his brother completely so that there would be no competition. Think about that. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? He was so angry. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crushing at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Cain cannot say that there was no way out for him. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And with the temptation will always come a way of escape. God told Cain, if you did the right thing, you have sacrifice will be accepted. This was an invitation for Cain to ask a question. Well, what can I do so that my sacrifice will be accepted? Instead, he decided to focus on the anger and the bitterness and the resentment and the jealousy and he channeled it towards his brother. See? But Cain made up his mind on what he was going to do to completely eliminate his own brother. In fact, the only brother he had this is how Cain went on a devilish act. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Two brothers, no difference between them. Now one has killed the other one. We decry when people murder each other, when people kill each other because they don't look alike. This is not the first time. It has happened before. And we can also trace it back to the corruption of the senses. Just like the final solution implemented by Hitler, Hitler's Nazi Germany, that more than more than 6 million Jews in the 20th century were seeing a first-hand experience 
of where the idea of eliminating other humans that we are envious of or do not like started. It's not, it, it, it has happened before. Eliminating other humans that we don't like would tend to sinister ways of killing people, mass murders, dehumanizing people. As you're going to see, why did Cain do such an evil thing against his own flesh and blood? How come these two brothers who look the same and came from the same household ended up in such a mess? What did Cain think killing his only brother was going to do for him? Now, if two brothers from the same household could not get along with each other, how much more of people from different backgrounds? There were just two of them. They had the whole world to themselves, yet they could not get along. They could not. How much more today with all the diversity that we have? We need to understand this so that we can look for ways to get along with each other. You know, we all renounce racism because it causes harm to other people. And in some extreme cases, it has led to murder. This is something that the Encyclopedia of Human Rights states succinctly. Racism is completely inconsistent with the core of human rights and antithetical to the realization of all human rights. Racism represents a danger to all human life. It creates intolerance, social divisions, strife, and violence, and can be a social symptom of genocidal tendencies, right? So what does racism do? Causes social divisions, strife, violence, and can lead to genocide. That is what Cain suffered from. Hated his brother, was angry with him, brought division, and he finally committed the first genocide. He killed his own brother because of the corruption of the senses. Now, why Cain was not racist towards his brother Abel? Because there was only one human race. He was motivated by what? Fear, anger, envy, and jealousy. Unfortunately, these vices took the better part of him, and he ended up killing his brother. One can add that Cain stopped looking at his brother Abel as created in the image of God. There is no way Cain would have attacked his brother if he still valued him. I want to let that point sink. And that is why each time there have been massive murder or elimination of human beings, it always starts by dehumanizing them. We take away their humanity. When we take away their humanity, when we stop valuing people, when we stop looking at them created in the image and likeness of God, who can do anything? You know, before 
when when Europeans went to Africa and border Africans, I hear there, was it a one pope that uh, decided to say that the Africans were less human or something like that, and that opened the doorway for Africans to be enslaved. We're going to talk more about that. And while it's very easy for us to sit on a high chair of judgment and judge the past generation for all these atrocities, are we not doing the same thing today? When it comes to abortion, the greatest argument is that the baby in the womb is not a baby. No, it's not a baby. It's just part of the woman. It's a blob. Yeah, so we can do anything we want to do with it. It's very sad. Abel was murdered by his own brother because Cain stopped valuing him. Cain stopped seeing the image and likeness of God in his brother. If we see the image and likeness of God in each other, nobody in their right mind will think that some other human being is subservient to them, will think that some other human being is inferior. Because what you are saying is that you too, you are inferior. If you say you are superior, it means that superior. We have to understand that we are all equal, created in the image and likeness of God. Some people may not like to hear this, but that is the truth. We hold this truth to be self-evident, right? All men are created equal. It didn't say all Caucasians or all Africans or all Asians, all men. This one homo sapien species, if you want to put it like that. We are all homo sapiens. We have different abilities, we have different gifts, we look different. But it doesn't mean that some are inferior and some are superior. I'll keep saying this because we need to reprogram our minds to act right. If Cain still valued his brother, he wouldn't have killed him. We need to value human life in the womb and out of the womb and at all times. Even the old, the sick, the vulnerable, we need to protect them. You see, Cain allowed his anger and jealousy to cloud his judgment and he ended up brutally killing his brother because he was no longer human in his eyes. The place of his brother had been replaced by his desire to be at the top. Can you see some of the parallels between what prompted Cain to murder his brother with some of the things that fuel racism today? Can you see the parallel? People feel that they are better than others. And the next logical step is to treat those they consider inferior to is, is to step the not the next logical step is to treat those they consider inferior to them in whatever manner they deem appropriate. In the eyes of those perpetuating this havoc. They have the power to do whatever they want. In other words, they have become their own God. 
we need to treat each other from the baseline that are presented, which is we are all created in the image and likeness of God. Without that, we'll keep trampling on one another. Maybe the caste system in India, as we're going to see, tribalism, ethnocentrism, nationalism, there's just a lot of isms that are causing a lot of havoc. Because immediately, we start thinking that we're superior or we're inferior. It brings disharmony. We've seen where this all originated, where this disharmony and brokenness came from, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the only way we are going to be able to find our way back to harmony between us and God and between one another is going to be through Christ Jesus. That also is a topic that we're going to get into the in-depth. Today, we've seen what the consequences of corrupting the senses brings. It brings anger, it brings jealousy, it brings envy, and eventually murder. I want you to think about that. When we, when we look at the manifestation of, of uh, uh, Caucasians uh, 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 having strife with other people or the manifestation of the hate, the manifestation of the murder, the manifestation of the anger, the bitterness, the resentment. It's not racism. It's the brokenness that started way back from Adam and Eve. Nobody can say, oh, racism caused me to do this. No. What is racism? If you hate somebody, you don't like them, you dehumanize them, it's sin. It's evil. It's just what it is. We cannot hide under the pretext of racism. Racism is not a force that takes you over. No. What is happening is the hate, the envy, the jealousy, the bitterness. We're going to expand more on this in our next presentation. I want to thank you so much for listening. We are not at the mercy of racism. Racism has been defeated. And together, we can bring an end to it. If you listen to Dr. Eric Tangumonken with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. Until next time, please get a copy of the book, read it along, the presentations, and if you have any questions, let me hear them, and together, let's change some lives. God bless you. Have a fantastic weekend. See you next week.